Hi guys, welcome back to Something Private, a podcast about everything related to the vagina, from sex to health and the society. My name is Nicole and I will be your producer and your host. So one of the things I've always wanted to talk about on the podcast is relationships and love. I just think, you know, love is so beautiful because it's so raw, it's so pure, and it requires a great deal of vulnerability and strength to truly understand how it's like to love and to be loved. So over this season, I'm going to be peppering the podcast with episodes on the best love stories that I've heard and that has been shared with me, and I hope you guys enjoy them. If you have a story of yours that you'd like to share, drop me a DM on Instagram at somethingprivatepod. That's somethingprivatepod. And let's have a chat. Hi, my name is Caitlin. My boyfriend is Marcel. He's from Germany. He's HIV positive and I'm HIV negative. But we still enjoy a very safe and active sex life. This is our story. So we met in Japan in 2018. I've always been fascinated with Japanese culture, Japanese history, how Japan interacts with Asia because it's such a unique country. And then I just wanted to go and stay there. Yeah, and I didn't know any Japanese. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to learn on the go. I went in my year three of studies. So I arrived in Japan in September, 10th or 11th of September. I met Marcel maybe on the 18th. We had to go to the government office to go do our residence card and everything. He was hanging out with a group of people that I didn't like because they were very noisy and Japan is so quiet. Like in the waiting room, everyone's quiet. And then they were just like complaining and then I found it irritating. Like a Singaporean, I got irritated. And then <laughs> I associated them with him. I just remembered that and him for like a few months. We were just classmates and we stayed in the same dormitory but I never saw him outside of class. It was only in December, we went to a rice cake making festival, like quite far away from the dormitory. It was a field trip for his class. We woke up at 5am, we left the dorm at 6am, and we were there at like 8am. And then he told me, oh it's cancelled. And I was like, okay. We decided to just go walking around the neighbourhood, and because it's near, it was near Tokyo Disneyland, so we could actually like go on the fence and look into Tokyo Disneyland. A Japanese couple, they actually like took us in and showed us how they make the rice cake making. They showed us how the process was, they asked us to taste the mochi and um, we even got to like use a hammer and hit the, it's like a big wooden hammer and hit the rice cakes. And then there was also like a flea market sale right next to it and it was just really fun. After we finished the trip all together, he just kind of messaged me and said I had such a great time hanging out. And so like the feelings kind of developed from there. Like I always wanted to meet up with him because he was very nice and we always had a good time like talking. He has a very like stoic face. I didn't know his feelings towards me. So I thought it was totally one-sided. So it's only when he asked me for like a new year kiss, then I was like, oh, he likes me. So I asked him after the kiss, so you like me? <laughs> and then he's like, of course. <laughs> In Japan, he watched Bohemian Rhapsody with a date and he, afterwards he kind of told me wow, that movie really resonated for me personally and I'm like, oh why? Is it because of his gender identity? Was it the HIV? So I really had these like question marks in my head and then one night um, in December we were just walking back together 
and he said he needed to go to the dormitory to take his medication. And then I asked him, are you sick? Are you okay? And he's like, oh, I'm fine. I just have HIV. And I was just like, ooh, okay. Um, hi. <laughs> In my head, I was like, this is the first person I've ever met who, has, who is HIV positive. So it's like a bit like stunning. So in Singapore, there are over 8,000 people living with HIV, according to the latest number in 2019, but only 4 people are out and open with their condition. That means that chances are, many of us don't know anyone living with HIV, let alone have had a conversation with them. So, a person living with HIV would typically take 3 pills a day, and missing one dose could result in some serious trouble. But for Marcel, Things are a little different. Okay, I just asked him like, oh, what's your, how many times a day do you need to take your medication? Because, you know, in the movies, it's stuck in like a historical period where there are many different kinds of medications you have to take in a day, right? But for him, he only takes one pill a day. (laughs) So when he told me that, I realized that my knowledge is super outdated and I should research. So I was just like, I was just like, oh, thank you for telling me. Then he told me about his therapy and I was like, oh, okay. We didn't probe it so much further because I felt like I didn't have enough information to to talk about anymore and I didn't want to come off as this dumb girl and then I just we changed topic. And then when I got home I like researched HIV for like two, three hours because because the next time we talk about HIV, I'm going to be prepared. <laughs> I'm not gonna be stupid, I'm gonna know all my facts. He was diagnosed with HIV in 2015, so he's been living with it since then. Um, he got it through condomless sex, I think, with another male partner. He He's very rational. He, he thought there was a possibility, which is why he got tested. And finally, his doctor said, um, at least it's not something else, because like, I think he said his doctor was happy it wasn't hepatitis C, which can really impact your liver. So Marcel was really shocked by that. For him, when he was diagnosed, he didn't feel like it was going to be the end of his life. It was more like, okay, I'm, I'm part of this community now. I guess we never really focused on the HIV in our conversations. He always told me other things like his family, his like how close he is to his parents or uh, what's he doing in Berlin, his friends. So we, we just never really dwelled on the HIV topic, to be honest. So I know what most of your reactions are. You guys are thinking, wait, how is this possible? Isn't HIV transmitted through penetrative sex? When I was researching Japan, I just saw the studies they did and like the 130,000 acts of sexual penetration with with no transfer. That's when she explained to me U equals U, which means undetectable equals untransmittable. So if your viral load is undetectable, you can't transmit HIV through the other person via sex. So someone on effective therapy, like I said, their HIV levels become undetectable. Um, of course, this takes like months of anti- like the therapy. It has to be effective, right? Some people, they, for some reason, like a very small percentage, they can't become undetectable. But for those that can, which is the majority, if their viral load is below the, the detectable level, they basically can't transmit HIV to you when you have sex, including condomless sex, be it vaginal sex or anal sex. Yeah. So that's that's you goes to you in a nutshell. So if you're someone like me whose only impression of HIV was growing up thinking, you know, HIV patients were all gonna die from the virus at some point, then I'll get you up to speed on the latest. HIV is not AIDS. Think of it this way. HIV is like stage one of AIDS. If left untreated, it might worsen to become AIDS. 
So once infected, patients take this medication called antiretroviral therapy, which helps to keep the amount of HIV in a person's body really low. So low that they literally can function like any one of us. I would say it's limited to like, you know, pregnancy, labor and delivery and sex. Because for sharing needles, they haven't investigated it as deeply. And also with breastfeeding, they said there's a reduced risk, but it's still under research, so they're not confident about, you know, what's the, the percentage. So definitely for sex, you're not going to transmit HIV. A doctor will gauge whether the antiretroviral therapy medication is working on someone just by looking at their HIV per ml of blood. A HIV positive person can have safe sex if they have under 200 copies of HIV virus per ml of blood. But with the effective antiretroviral therapy, your HIV viral load, it drops to below 50 copies of HIV per ml of blood. The thing is, you always follow up with your doctor and you just monitor your levels and your viral load. So even if it increases a bit, right, it still has to increase a lot before you become transmittable. Caitlin shared her countless hours of research she put into learning about U equals U. Over 20 years, they gathered several big studies and the first one, okay, it was in 2000. It was in Uganda and it was heterosexual couples and they found out that no HIV transmissions occurred when the HIV-positive partner had a viral load before, below 1,500 copies. But that was the first study, so yeah. people still weren't sure yeah. yet. So in 2008, uh, the Swiss Federal Commission, they, they released a statement that, you know, people with a fully suppressed viral load, they can't transmit HIV. But the issue in 2008 was that a lot of the couples they had for these studies were heterosexual people. There weren't, like, male, um, gay male couples. So... They did further studies, so like another study in 2011, there was 1,763 couples and over four years, they realised that no positive partner transmitted the virus to their negative partner. And it was only, you know, in 2016 and 18, the partner one and partner two studies, the results came out and they had a mix, they had uh, more gay male couples. So that means even in anal sex, you can't transmit HIV. Um, from the positive person to the negative person, as long as the positive person has an undetectable viral load. Like a lot of people think, what if, what if you're the unlucky one? But scientists recognize that if your viral load is undetectable, you can't transmit HIV. So you won't be like this unfortunate, like this unlucky one, right? That you get HIV from your partner. So basically, for science studies, they can't say hundred percent, mm. right? It's very tough to be like, yeah. Yeah. So, but they will say effectively no risk. Mm. The fraction is tiny to the point that it's effectively no risk of transmission. I think he's wonderful and we have a really good relationship. We have good chemistry, communicate our feelings. And for me, that is really important. The first time we had sex, it was actually on like New Year's Day. So it was kind of nice. Uh, we went out for dinner, we came back and then we just like moved on into sex. But like, I think it was really nice and how he's different is that like he really engaged a lot in like foreplay and like communication and like asking me, am I okay? And that was like a very big and happy difference for me. And after that, I wasn't really worried about any HIV transmission um, because I was more worried about pregnancy. So that's why we use a condom. Like every time we had sex in the past, we use a condom because 
um, in a third country, birth control isn't really easy to access, especially when you don't speak the language. So yeah, so it was condoms at first. Okay, I knew it was really zero risk. And okay, we are, we had a condom, so like, what are the chances? Like, nothing's gonna happen. It's really, pregnancy is a bigger issue. So that's why from condoms, we switched to more effective birth control methods. And because condoms are not as effective as, as everyone thinks, you have condom fla- failure. Yeah. And because it's undetectable, there's no fear for me that there will be a HIV transmission. We, we had the distance, you know, I just kept learning about HIV and just educating myself and hearing stuff from him that by the time I came to Berlin, we honestly didn't need a condom anymore because I was very convinced of the science. And even from the start, I was open to the science, but because we're a male-female relationship and there's pregnancy like possibility, so that's why we still use condoms. Mm. I was really more concerned about like a possible pregnancy. Like To me, that is an even bigger thing for me. Our country requires people living with HIV to declare their sexual health status to their sexual partner. In fact, HIV-positive individuals can get fined up to $50,000 and get jailed up to 10 years if they don't declare to their partner beforehand that they have HIV. In other countries, if you're undetectable, you don't have to tell the other person. For me personally, if your STD is under control, you don't need to tell me. Because if I choose not to sleep with you because you have the STD, isn't that stigma? So... So think of it this way, like if if Marcel was positive and he was undetectable and he didn't tell me, it wouldn't really make a difference because he would never have passed the virus to me. But other countries realise that by making HIV positive people be forced by law to tell their partner, even though they pose no health risk to them, isn't that stigma in our brains working? Like for example, that we, we keep saying like HIV is a chronic illness, like diabetes. If a person had diabetes, would they be obligated to tell you that they have diabetes? And for HIV, if they were transmittable and they gave you the virus, um, for whatever reason, with genetic testing, you can actually trace whether that person gave you that virus and you can charge them in court, right? So for in other countries, I think in Germany, that if you're not undetectable yet, you're on therapy, but you're not undetectable, you have to tell the other person that you're positive because you could still transmit it, right? But if you're undetectable, then you don't. The hardest step, I think, is getting tested. And when you have stigma, social stigma or stigma in our laws, it actually deters you from getting tested. Yeah. So you'd rather, like, be ignorant. Yeah, you'd rather never know, right? Ignorant is bliss, right? Yeah. yeah, but, like, you could transmit it to others. That's one thing. But even your own health. Take care of your own health. Because you're going to get sick. Um, and the problem with Singaporeans is that 45% of people who become HIV positive, they're only diagnosed in a late, late stage because they didn't get tested. So testing should honestly become a norm. Then by becoming a norm, people get tested, they get treated, you don't spread the virus further. And that's the idea of ending HIV transmission. Because once you're undetectable, the virus stops with you and you don't transmit it to other people. Yeah. So that's why if you see like ending HIV transmission by 2030, Action for AIDS at Community Plan, that's what they mean the virus stops with you because you're treated and you're not going to spread it further. Yeah. But some of them, I mean, they're just quiet about it. They don't address it. Singapore mentality. They will just be like, um, they don't question it or anything, but they don't want to talk about it. So, I mean, Marcel just told me next time he comes to Singapore, if they have any questions, he'll be happy to talk to them. Yeah, He's very open with sharing, even 
uh, I think he's he's faced some stigma in the past where people say like the science is not real and stuff but he takes it in his stride and he tries to explain it to people I just want to clarify something that I a lot of people in Singapore have misconception you cannot get HIV through sharing a mala pot with like someone who has HIV like people still think in Singapore that if you share food you're gonna get HIV and I'm like not not unless you have an open cut and the other person who's not on therapy has an open cut and bleeds onto you then you get infected like it doesn't like it's really out of date right this thinking journaling is an extremely good way to distress articulate your emotions and to reflect it's one of the most cost-effective ways that you can use to work on your mental health the kind friend journal is a small trusty companion that allows you to do just that it has weekly templates that can help you plan your time by setting goals and tracking tasks as well as to reflect on your feelings and practice positive thoughts. You can get your kind friend journal in the colours Warm Blush, Calm Sky, Gentle Sunshine and Timeless Black. Head over to thekindfriend.com to get started on your journal journey or for a gift for your friend you know will benefit from journaling. That's thekindfriend.com or thekindfriend on Instagram. I became friends with Caitlin because she followed something private on Instagram with an account under the name U equals U underscore SG. She had this particular post on her IG that caught my eye and it was a picture of the two of them and in the post it said Meet Marcel and Caitlin, a mixed status couple. Marcel is a HIV activist living with HIV since 2015 and Caitlin is HIV negative, trusting the science. And when I saw that, I was so touched. I was like, y'all, I was, I'm, I'm honestly damn uneducated. And I don't know what mixed letters meant. But when I saw that this was an account started by a couple, one of whom had HIV and the other was HIV negative. I don't know, I just, it really touched me, you know, like, it's so precious. Like, I was always telling friends or people I met about you because of you. And, you know, I don't meet new people all the time. So what's the way to reach out to other people? So I thought social media. Why not try that? So I asked my friends, okay, I'm going to release this post and I hope you share it. And maybe one of your followers joins me or they read it, you know. I, okay, you know what? I don't care if they follow me, but if they read the content and they take it, I'm happy. So that was the idea of you go to you. I feel our social attitudes towards HIV can be very third world at times. Super. Yeah, so I just thought, okay, I, I don't want to like... I may not be able to meet people and change their minds, but I'm hoping these posts are read by people and they question what images they have and hopefully they research more on their own if they find my post is not enough. But I always try to give sources in case people want to follow up with it. But that's up to them. But I think with my friends, um, they're more open. So I explain to them about you equals to you. Uh, they follow the Instagram account. So they don't... Um, dislike the relationship or anything I think some people maybe they have their opinions but they don't share it with me so I would just encourage them to keep reading Mm. and just overcome that image of HIV because I feel that image is rooted in the 1980s Mm. and the 90s and you know it's already 2019 so we need to update our knowledge and our views on HIV Caitlin shared with me that she was very inspired by Marcel who is a HIV activist he went for a young positives group. Um, so they were like HIV positive people with, they would just meet on a regular basis and just, you know, have a light-hearted time. 
It's like community bonding. He joined Pro Plus Berlin and now he's one of the board members. So they, they're really good for activism about HIV awareness and also about U equals U. And this year, he got selected for the national campaign with the German uh, AIDS Health. Sorry, the German AIDS Help. So basically, he shared his story about us and he's one of the four ambassadors for this year. And I think his face is in like magazines and he's done like a couple of radio interviews. Yeah. So he's really, he's open about his status. And actually that's how my dad found out he was HIV positive. My dad sent him a Facebook request and then he, he found out he was HIV positive from sending him the Facebook request. Because he saw it on like... Yeah, yeah. He, he's open. Like, oh, my dad found out very, very early in our relationship. He just, went, he just wanted to Facebook friend Marcel. And Marcel had this post like telling people he came out as I'm HIV positive and you don't need to to have sim- to like pity me or anything. I'm doing good with my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how my dad found out. And he was like he couldn't sleep. And then the next day he was like, Did you do you know that Marcel is HIV positive? And like I was like, Of course I know. Oh, I sent him so many like articles about you because you and like scientific studies. And I told him, you know, you have to be rational, look at all these studies. And he doesn't want to be irrational, so he just really followed up. And, you know, my mom also is fi- okay with Marcel's status. And to be honest, my parents are from different backgrounds. My dad, he did his his undergraduate work and he did his master's like in his 50s. But my mom, uh, she stopped schooling when she was 16. She comes from Malaysia. So she doesn't have a uni degree or anything, but she can accept the science of you equals to you so it doesn't matter if you have a uni degree or not or whatever your education background is it's how open you are to like learning about it right mm-hmm. and just overcoming the stigma in your mind about HIV but I think other family members are a bit like freaked out by it yeah I have like I have some family members asking my parents if they're if I'm they're okay with it but actually like those family members it wasn't that he was HIV positive that they had a problem with it was more that Marcel was queer and they basically asked, is she dating a gay man? And then like, yeah. And by that time, I was like, you know what? I don't need to hide that he's HIV positive. So if you are, you can either accept it or not. But I have the backing of my parents. They believe in the science and they like him. <laughs> my mom was like teaching him how to eat pomelo and using his hands for like how to eat rice. So like, she likes him. Yeah, so... You know, they don't have an issue with him. So if other people do, then that's their issue. Uh, the nice thing about Marcel, he had therapy in Germany and it helped him to learn how to communicate. He believes in gender equality. So he even told me something about um, in his scholarship, they do seminars and workshops. And one of the seminars was on female masturbation. And he was saying how they, they told him about the orgasm gap how men orgasm way more than women and he said for us we should close that gap in his family the women are quite strong they've always been active and i think with his parents they never really showed him like a gender binary or like men behave this way women behave this way he told me that they never imparted on him how men and women should behave like i think we are raised in an environment where we feel we're not good enough and sometimes we reflect it on other people like you don't do this you're not enough so that's the thing I feel a lot of insecurity comes from. Sometimes people tell me like, oh, he cannot look at another girl. He cannot be attracted. But we're human. 
And like if if I tell Marcel I find someone attractive, he'll say, "Oh, what's he like?" He will like he'll be curious, but he know he knows I'm not gonna leave him for this like random person I find attractive. And especially like with relationships here, we don't really have healthy conversations about relationships. Like if I watch our media on relationships, it's just cringy, and um, like it just doesn't feel natural and organic. No one's talking about their feelings. It's more like they're just self-sacrificing without talking about how they feel, and a lot of people don't engage in therapy or mental health, like counseling, and then it's really tough. But then your insecurities stay forever; and they don't leave. Singapore. You need to you need to work in a relationship. Like you cannot just like give up and say I just tahan this or like who cares or like oh, however it's a small fight. Nothing can be just be a small fight. Sometimes it just accumulates and then it becomes a big fight. So I feel like people need to not think of it that way. And if there are bumps along the way, just handle it together and communicate. And then then you build like really strong love. Yeah. For me, love and relationships requires commitment, uh, time, and also opening up yourself to the other person. And what I mean is that you don't have to open up to everyone, but if you feel that the other person can respect you and um, support you, and you can do the same for them, I think that's when a relationship can really like take off, right? And um, with the HIV that with Marcel's HIV, it's never a problem for me. Like, can I accept his HIV? Of course I can. Like, it's medically proven that he's not gonna pass me the virus. It's I accept him. Like what we argue about will never be about HIV. It's never about HIV. It's more about relationship, couple quarrels, and in that sense, it's like a normal, healthy, safe relationship. Yeah. So that's even though he's HIV positive and I'm HIV negative, it's just like any other relationship. Yeah. But what I like about him is he doesn't get angry. He doesn't like scream at me or anything, or he doesn't like call me names. He's very calm, yeah. And then his calmness helps me calm down, yeah. And after a while, we we just keep talking to each other about how to find middle ground, and then we just compromise in the end, and we just move on from the like the we just learn from each quarrel and we move on. But to be honest, we don't quarrel regularly, so I think that's a nice aspect for me. <laughs> I've always felt that love is a chemical reaction in your brain. I'm not really looking for like just love. I'm looking for like commitment and uh, respect, and that's that I feel is what makes love wholesome and more meaningful. In the past, I always felt like I need to give up stuff, but with him, it's negotiation and it's like consensus. It's not like we have have to do this or I'm pressured to do anything. It's very natural, and it's nice that he's very like sensitive and he's receptive to feedback, so it's much easier. So I think what he taught me about love is that it doesn't have to be a one-way street. Both can give and take, and we can talk about our feelings. So we don't have to like repress it and just like tahan for the other person. What's unique about this relationship is that because he is HIV positive and he's a foreigner, he can never live and work in Singapore. There's a ban on a long-term. Um, you know, long-term HIV-positive foreigners. So that's the disadvantage, I feel. But that, I feel, is structural. It's not his fault, you know, because it's a, it's a bit discriminatory, in my opinion. So, but I pursue it because I think he's wonderful and we have a really good relationship. We have good chemistry, we communicate our feelings. And for me, that 
is really important. And I hope at some point Singapore changes its laws. Otherwise, we're going to be living in another country. And if Marcel actually loves Singapore when he came here, he wanted to go to like the botanic gardens, like Little India, Chinatown. He wanted to go to like the hawker center in my neighborhood in Ang Mokyo. So, like, he really likes Singapore. He likes how efficient our government is, which I can't deny. We're really efficient. So, he just really admires it. And he's just really sad that he can't be here, even though he would like to move here at some point. Yeah. But I pursued it because I felt like there's a really good connection and maybe we, we can have a good future together. So the immediate plan is we keep doing long distance until 2021. That's in like, by June, I'm going to move to Europe to do my master's and he'll be working. And then from there, I'll be just keep going. December is AIDS slash HIV awareness month and Something Private is an ally. We want to raise awareness on healthcare and prevention, commemorate those who have passed, celebrate victories, encourage people to get tested regularly and support people living with HIV or AIDS. I really loved Caitlin and Marcel's love story. It's very beautiful. And I really learned a lot from speaking to her as well. She's really smart, informed, educated. If you guys are interested in checking out her IG page where she shares more info about having a partner with HIV, you can check it out at u equals u underscore sg. This is part one of our series on modern love. We'll see you guys next week. Bye!